Jack Jack has powers? Well, yeah, but. You uh, knew about this? Yeah. Why didn't you tell us? I don't know. We're your kids. We need to know these Did things. You tell mom? No. Why not? Your mother is you not what we're talking you about. You not tell mom. Because I didn't want to. What? Because it's Come not on, the time. Why? Because. So uncool. Because I'm formulating, okay? I'm taking in information, I'm processing. I'm doing the math, I'm fixing the boyfriend and keeping the baby from turning into a flaming monster. How do I do it? By rolling with the punches, baby. I eat thunder and crap lightning, okay? Cause I'm Mr. Incredible. Not Mr. So-so or Mr. Mediocre Guy. Mr. Incredible. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. It's incredible. We've come to the second Incredibles movie. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Uh, when did we watch the first one? How many how long has it been? It's been probably in podcast a time. Year. Yeah. I, I really have trouble with like the distance between movies on the pod. Uh, it really it dilates. It doesn't feel right. It feel it, it feels to me so fairly, fairly fresh when we watched the first one, but maybe that's also because I Watched it a lot when it came out, I think, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we had th- we had this one on, I think, VHS, the first one. I guess, yeah, it was still VHS. It was like 2005. Days. Yeah, yeah. DVDs were dawning, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, here we are. This uh, one came out know. so much later. I know, yeah. It, you know, even if it's been a year between our episodes covering these, it's not the, like, 14-year gap that it took for a sequel to come out. Like, that's wild. Especially because, like... As a kid watching it, it ends on this, like, oh, the underminers here. It's like, oh, so they're making another one. Little did we know. Little did we, little elementary school-aged kids realize we would not get one until we were full-blown adults. I don't know why they didn't make it right away. It doesn't seem like it's, like, so high, like, art that they're, like, like, I get why Into the Spider-Verse is taking so long to make the second one because it's, like, way more intricate. Like, this was pretty simple design. It seems like it would be, like, relatively easy in terms of animation to pull off again. It was the director, Brad Bird. He didn't want to do it unless he had, like, a good idea. Not just the director. Director, writer, and voice of, of Edna, Edna Mode. Mode. <laughs> yeah, well, he surprisingly... Which, well, it's surprising to me because for something like this, for a movie that was as successful as the first Incredibles was for Disney slash Pixar to not turn around and like demand a sequel to capitalize on the hype and just let Brad Bird be like, actually, I'm going to pump the brakes and I'll come back to this if I feel like I have a good idea. It's surprising that they let him do that. Well, he must own the rights to it. Because otherwise they would have just done it with somebody else, I think. Yeah. Unless they're just like cool over there and they're like, all right. But I think it was a different time with Pixar. Like, I think there was more freedom. Like, they had other projects. Like, obviously, this is coming off of like Toy Story um, is up DreamWorks or is no up is Pixar, but that was later. Up was later. But not that much later, was it? Up was like 2009 or 10. Yeah. So, you know, six years after this, Brad Bird went 
to do Ratatouille after the first Incredibles. So he was oh, busy with that for a couple of years. Oh, so he's still like working for yeah. them. He was just, yeah, he was, he was doing other stuff, but I think, you know, he's among like the breed of directors. that's like, yeah, I want to do stuff. Like I want to do different things. I don't want to just keep doing, like, I don't want to do a franchise of like one successful thing just because it did well. I have, I don't feel beholden to that. It's just funny that when they did, did come back, it does take place immediately after the first one. I mean, that's the lovely thing about animation is mm-hmm. that you can do that, but it's like, I'm surprised that they didn't do like a time jump and like, I agree. Um, you know, I'm sure he had his reasons and I did enjoy this, but like at the same time, I do wish they had done a time jump because I think there would have just been like more room to explore like the themes of, you know, we, we got like the, the allegories and the topics that were explored in the first Incredibles, which were already like timely for when that movie came out. And now it seemed like for the sequel to be releasing, like right in the midst of like the second superhero movie explosion and it didn't like examine that at all. Like the yeah, first movie did more cause there were more super, I just felt like if they had chosen to do a time jump, there would have been like a lot more like, Oh, here's how the world that they're in has changed as a result of the first movie. But like, because they chose to do it this way, there's no, you know, there's no, uh, um, there's no reaction to what happened in the first movie. It's, it's like months later. It's so soon that there's we're not getting to like process what happened at the end of the first movie. Yeah, but I think that's like the great thing about these movies. It's not doing like what Marvel or DC is doing. It's like we're we're doing your next Sunday comic. I think this movie is actually like very like political it and is, philosophical. But that's but that's not I'm not saying that it's not those things. Oh, I'm saying that it can it it is, it's like a Sunday comic where it's like picking up the next week is like the next oh, yeah. story. Sure. Like it doesn't need to do a time jump and be like, these, this is the world. Like they're not, it doesn't have to do all that. It can be much slower. It can. I just wish they had done the other way. But, but that's what Marvel and all of them are doing. Sure. I get that. They got to be different. There's room for both. I just think that they deprived themselves of like some cool story topics. Like I would have liked to see like, the kids more like grown up and like how they're navigating like, cause there's, it's still so idealized. Like the family of superheroes, it's, you know, but then we wouldn't have gotten the Jack Jack story and that's what we were all here for. You're right. When you're right, you're right. (laughs) And to be clear, like I liked this movie. I was just like kind of thinking that like for a 14 year gap between movies to pick it up immediately there, like you said, that is something that they're afforded because it's animated and it is unique for it to do that. Um, you know, I also, I just think about the people that played the, the video game, the canon sequel, The Incredibles, Rise of the Underminer. And, you know, what, what happened to that story? We just, we're just walking right over that. I think they all voiced them in both. <laughs> in the, what, in the game? I think the actors voiced the game. That's cool. I miss when that was a, a thing. I also, mean, I don't, even, I don't know if the game was any good, but. Like, Dash is voiced by, like, an actual child, but Vi- Violet is voiced by, like, a 40-year-old woman or yeah. something like that. I don't know how old she is, but, like, a grown woman. You can never tell with animation. Like, really, it's yeah. all over the place. King of the Hill is the same way. Bobby Hill is voiced by... Or maybe... Uh, oh, I think Bobby Hill and, like, Bart Simpson, both voiced by women, like, the whole time. I just think that's so funny. I don't think Bart's a woman. Oh, yeah. No, Bart Simpson's voiced by a woman. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I'm forgetting your name. It doesn't really matter for this, no. but... 
Oh, Bart. Yes, I did know that. Not I thought Homer. you were saying Homer. I was like, I don't think that's true. No, I do know what you're talking about with Bart. Yes. That's funny. Uh, well, yeah. Let's, uh, let's hop right into this one. Well, so it begins literally picking up with the underminer, and it's like, we're, you know, we're doing our thing, because yeah. now, like, the kids are like, this is our life now. They're in on it. They're not, it's not hidden anymore, and, uh... Ish. Well, yes. It's not hidden amongst the family yeah. anymore. It's hidden amongst the world, that's for sure. And we're getting, like, that, it's kind of interspersed with, um... What's the agent's name? Rick Dicker. 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 Yeah. Uh, voiced by uh, none other than Mike Ermintrout. Yeah, Jonathan Banks. Yeah. Which is very funny. Um, and a, we have Mr. Saul Goodman in it. Too, yeah, it's a little. So. Well, we have a little reunion here. I just uh, Jonathan Banks as a voice actor is very inspired. I mean his his it's voice is iconic. Same. Also, the character looks like him. Yes. Especially in. Better call Saul. Just like, just very exasperated. Yeah, just sick like, of everything all the time. And he's the clean. He cleans up. Yep. He cleans up the messes. <laughs> like, what else is new? Great inclusion. Yeah, my second note here was just like, oh, okay, like, yeah, we're we're picking up right where we left off, and there's no time jump at all. We're just like scooting right along. Which, yeah, it, it is. You know, it's like, okay, well, we're not. Nothing is left to the imagination on how this is going to play out. Like, we're seeing it in real time. And it's messy. It's not like right. you know, we're not getting like an ideal situation. Which is like the whole reason they got shut down in the first place. Mm-hmm. Which is also, I mean, to go back to it, like, I don't think the movie was resolved enough that they could time jump. Like, we're still seeing them navigate in the world they set up in the first one. Too. They definitely would have had to, um, like, do some exposition on like, oh, like, well, you know, after that, after the first movie, like, this happened and this right, happened. which, what would be the point of that? Just do the movie. Right. They have time. They can always come back and do an older kids one. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, maybe. But it's like, the whole thing is like, it's fun to see them as a family. Like, I right. think I would have been bored by them being older. Yeah. Yeah, I think if, if Brad Bird had, this is the story that he wanted to tell, then that's the story that he wanted to tell, so... His vision is his vision, and it's cool that he was able to do that. He had the freedom to do that. What's um the Saul's character's name? Uh, uh, Winston. Winston. Yeah, Winston Dever. I think it's funny that he's like the ultimate salesman, just like Saul Goodman. But yeah. he's like turns out to be like a good guy, which I was. I yeah, forgot that's the where twist he is that he's landed. not yeah. like a scumbag. I remembered that because we we saw this like a while ago, um, like non-podcast we watched this movie a while yeah ago. we watched it it must have been actually so not, I feel like in 2020 yeah actually. not too long before we started doing the podcast just like oh this is on disney plus now so let's finally watch it yeah but i hadn't remembered too much of the nuances as mm-hmm. as it started going i was like okay i do remember where this story goes and i remembered that evelyn was behind it but i couldn't remember where winston landed yeah I, I kind of remembered that that evelyn was shady and i remember like the screen slaver being the villain but i couldn't remember like if she was the screen slaver yeah, I, did, I remembered that yeah. part of it but not much going else. On there. i was like this is a real sokovia accords situation I know. which i'm sure like i must have made that comparison for the first movie as well because that's just what my brain goes to when it's like regulation of superheroes in any context. Um, also, the the family plot is a real cheaper by the dozen plot. If you all know <laughs> the film, the uh, 
Steve Martin film that is. Um, we've got like the dad's like, we can have it all. Like, I'll stay home with the kids. You go follow your dreams, mom. And she's like, I don't know. You've never done full-time dad before. She's calling from the road. Like, is everything going okay? Steve Martin's like, yeah, everything's fine. Mr. Incredible's like, yeah, everything's great. But like, it's not, it's it's not fine. fine. Kids are like getting injured. (laughs) They're running off the walls. They're throwing up everywhere. Like, you know, which movie are we in? Teamer by the Dozen or the Incredibles 2? Uh... (laughs) Molly, we just watched it was it's The Incredibles two. That's the episode that we're doing. But you know, did you watch the, the wrong cheap, movie? The cheaper dozen heads out there, you guys get it. The chicks, you guys get it. You see it. Make sure you check out Molly's new podcast coming soon. Cheaper chicks. That's funny. We'll we'll workshop that. The name might be confusing to folks, but um, so I, I mean, I I found myself. I already mentioned that like the the politics and the the philosophy of this movie, which I think was also very present and very much explored in the first movie, like the ethics of everything of, of there being superheroes and the regulation of it at all. Now, like it was in the first movie, but being more explored deeply here is like the family dynamic of like, how do we approach this with our kids? So when we have this scene where, uh, Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are arguing when they're at the hotel eating Chinese food that is rapidly getting colder about, the law is the law, but is is the law worth following if right. it's unethical? And I was just like... Like, are you lawful good or unlawful good, yeah, you know? right. And I'm like, damn, like, this is... Like, that's already, like, an interesting debate because, like, that could be applied to so many, like, laws IRL. It's like, well, yeah, it's a law, but, like, why is it a law? But it's like, then you have your kids wrapped up in it, too, and you're trying to do, like, good parenting stuff at the same time? I mean... Yeah, Captain A is like, if I'm the, following my heart. If the law is unjust, then... It's no I mean, law at all. Yeah. I mean, and I definitely, like, you know, I find myself uh, in that conversation siding with Mr. Incredible, but at the same time, it's like, well, are you going to, like, put your kids' lives at risk because of your sense of justice? But see, I... Yes, in, ca- in with I, with Captain America, I'm on his side, but in this, I'm, I'm on... Elastigirl's side more mm-hmm. because one, I think Mr. Incredible is not in it for the right reasons. Well, like, that's, that's definitely true. And that becomes more apparent the longer the movie goes. Yeah. And like the world that they're in is like, they're, they've been proving that they haven't really needed them as superheroes. Like they have systems in place that, or at least like allegedly that can take care of them. And, and honestly them getting involved almost made it worse. Like, if they had chosen not to, like, none of this would have happened with, like, screensaver and stuff. Well, well, is that is that true? Well, it would They're have, being but baited. they... Right, but, like, Elastigirl's pr- presence made it worse, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, it, they ended up obviously saving the day and all yes. that, but, like... They were... They were she ins- made it more high-profile, yes. and, like, they then she's, like, the poster child for it failing. Yeah. That's true. And, like, yes, they may have used a different superhero, but, like, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, really, the for the longer the longer the movie went on, I was like, wow, like, I just felt like, and I don't, I don't get this from a lot of the movies that we watch in the podcast because, quite frankly, I, most of these movies don't have, like, that much of an underlying message. We've talked about it a bit in, like, some of the Avengers and Captain America movies. I feel like a movies. lot of them do. I'm always picking out themes, babe. Well, you are. But, like, (laughs) to me, like, there was, like, a grand theme here about, like, 
it's this philosophical debate over the the uh, the the oh, shit. What word am I looking for? Um, not the perils, the opposite of perils. The it's just like the self empowerment versus willingly handing over your you know that they're interpreting it, willingly handing over your power to the hands of others to protect you. And that's like the back and forth here is like right. Winston is so like willing to like superheroes need to exist because like he sees right. them having the power. It's like, am I willing to give up some of my privacy in order for like more people to feel safe or would I rather have my privacy at the risk of like security threats? Right. Yeah. And so you have Winston on one side and Evelyn very hard on the other side. Like, no, like they shouldn't exist and we it's should like individual take freedoms into- versus like the major like the majority. Yeah. And uh it's also like it's very it's a very like libertarian kind of debate, like objectivism, yeah. like Ayn Rand style stuff. And there's like a lot of articles talking about this because I think Brad Bird has been like, I'm not a libertarian. <laughs> But it's that kind of topic being discussed is like if any of you listeners have played the game Bioshock, it's very similar. It's like we're all our Bioshockers out there. Bioshockers, Bioshock babes. Um, (laughs) That that might exist, actually. We should have a podcast of just coming up with names of other podcasts. Free use. Actually pay us for the licensing. And that was exploring like, oh, like it's a these people like create their own society because they're like, we're great. And we have, like, great minds and we can, like, do stuff, but we're being, like, held down by laws and regulations. Yeah. So let's go do our own thing. Definitely and then you have like a, a conflict of people. But then... Everyone wants to do their own and thing. And those people are, like, the villains because, right. of course, their society becomes, like, chaos because yeah. there's no laws and they get to do whatever they want. And I think this doesn't go, like, as deep into that, but it's definitely, like... Should superheroes be able to like exist? Are and they do their above thing? the law? Right, or, like above normal people, or are they beholden the to normal people? Debate too. It really is. Is Which the same also debate in all? From, of course, that came from Zack Snyder in his movie. Like he explored that so much too. Yeah, but that was also in like the Christian Bale ones and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, it is like literally the vigilante debate. Yeah. And it's great, and I think that's what's great about the Incredibles is that it can tackle these because it is. we're in an animation like we can spend time on these themes because we can depict it in this like more yeah and it's not uh, easy serving way yeah and it's yeah it's not approaching it like in a way that like oh this movie is serving me this political message on a platter and it's shoving it down my throat it's you could watch this and not pick up on it at all because that's you know it's not it's not a vehicle for that no but it's definitely there I, I feel like it's more in this movie than the first one. The first one is more exploring like the, I think the word I was looking for or earlier was virtues, but the whole like frozen, not frozen, uh, syndrome thing. That was like a different dynamic. Like yeah. They were, there was a know. midlife crisis going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. I do think that was interesting. What you said about like trying to teach their kids, like do we teach them to follow the laws or do we teach them to follow like their moral compass? Mm-hmm. And I think, like, my takeaway from it is, like, you're like, well, here's the deal. There's laws, and sometimes you got to abide by the law for X reason, but not all laws are created, like, in good faith, you know? 
And not necessarily like that's not right. But that's then not who a means are to, you to decide right. which ones are exactly. Well, that's that's what you say. It's up to you to determine like what what lines up with your morals right. and values, and but that's a whole other thing. Yes. And obviously, that is not like a short term solution for <laughs> what's happening in this movie. But we do get the Elasta bike and a mention to Elasta Girl having a mohawk. Yeah, right. Would and have loved to seen a little flashback. I was like, when are we gonna get the prequel? So cool. And that like, would be great. Right? And a nineteen twenties prequel. Because this is supposed to be like the fifties, I think. Yeah. I mean, please. Um this house that they end up at. So yeah, you know, they're they're staying in their hotel, but uh their the program gets shut down, which is basically like the Superhero witness protection. <laughs> is that what's going on? Yeah. Um, Which is very funny in the first one. The This is like definitely what made me think Winston is shady at first. Besides dev tech, you know, never trust like a company that There's has... tech in the name. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like it's, it's unclear <laughs> like what they're name. doing. Very, very sketchy. But he did put them up in a really nice house, which could be construed as both good and bad. Um, I, I feel like they're supposed to be like AT&T or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's it seems like it. Or like um and the guy's company from the Wolverine that we were like, what does it do? We don't know. Just like lots of money being like there's it's just this huge like Wolverine. Oh right. Yeah, the Japanese. Just like this industry magnate, but it's unclear on what they're doing. I really we've been watching a lot of movies with trains recently. We watched Bullet Train, we watched um The Wolverine. We just saw Something. Oh, we just watched uh, Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible the first night. one last night. Yeah. And so many train fight scenes. And now we <laughs> get a chase, a bike chase scene on with a train. train. And that was great. Yeah, what is going on? Trains are great. 2023, the year of trains. Trains are a great um, setting for action movies. They absolutely are. Bring back trains. More trains. Make is the it? Amtrak cheaper. <laughs> yes, actually. While we're, while we're talking about political statements. <laughs> We're also going to, I don't know if we're going to watch it. Oh, we'll probably get around to it this year. Uh, Dark Phoenix has a train scene in it. Shit, actually, we might not watch that for a long time. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Um, this, what do you, how do we feel about this house? Is it too much? Is oh, it nice? I, I like I, the house. I'm mad at Dash. It's very L.A. You know, I'm like, I'm sick of your shit, Dash. That was a perfectly good couch. I, and I would have sat on it. But no, you had to just sink it. What um, town it. are they supposed to be in? Are they in California? This house seems like California, but the city does not. Well, I know that she's not doing all that fighting, like where the house is. But yeah, Elastigirl's like somewhere out. No, she, she's like in like equivalent of DC, I think. Very unclear. I mean, really don't know. I'm gonna say they're in California, in which case I like the house. I actually just like the house. I think it's very nice. Well, I think the I feel like the big city that they go to is definitely supposed to be New York. Like where the screensaver the, is. Like when they're like flying in there and it's like, oh, like you got to go to where all the crime is. That screams like Manhattan to me. When they're but, on the boat? Yeah. Yeah. In which case that would be the same town because they drive there. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't there's no. Matter. There's no one to one. I like the house. Is that what you wanted to know? Yes, the house is nice. And I, yeah, <laughs> I just, you know, it's, it's a, the water features are a bit much, but it's cool. I like the water feature garage. The water feature garage was cool. Um, it's definitely not in California. All that water waste. <laughs> Maybe back in the fifties. <laughs> I like. I just thought it was so funny. Like in the first movie, when we were like kind of 
both had the collective realization that this was not taking place in modern times. Yeah. Well, it's, you were the one that told me, and I was that, like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Well, oh, I didn't even, uh, I don't remember that. I think you maybe looked it up, but, like, I didn't know. Okay. I mean, I just, I thought that, you know, the, it obviously is the same in this movie because we're so close in the timeline. I thought the that vibe was slightly less pronounced in Definitely. this movie. Because um, we get, like, a lot, the, the screen slaver stuff feels a lot more futuristic. We have, like, this cool, like, maglev train. And, of course, like... They, it's it's always been like a bit anachronistic the whole like style of it. Well, and I, I also d- didn't have all those flashbacks of them like being interviewed. Yeah, and her being like, like there was like some women's rights rhetoric in the first one. That's like now it's like oh, they're just we've moved on. There's a quality now. <laughs> yeah, it happened really fast. I just uh, it, maybe we're into the sixties. I don't know. It could be <laughs> the budget would be like too much, but a superhero like period movie at this time would also be so cool we've gotten like a bit into that with uh some of the movies that we've done like the phantom was a little bit of that time the rocketeer uh but like it's you know it's not it's not a new idea for like superheroes to be like dropped into different times and explore that like there's like a noir batman uh, Gotham by Gaslight. That's really cool. But like the fifties is not a time period that's been explored too much, even though it was like, that's like the, the silver age of comics, right. like the old school stuff. But no one's even like, I feel like the Christopher Reeve Superman's, those were set like in the, when they were being made. 70s. So yeah, uh, I think it'd just be, it'd be cool. Yeah. I would like a one to take place now. Like, so it has like all of the, cinematography of 2020s. Right. But it takes place in the 50s. I mean, they've done that with, with like Captain America. Yeah, that's true. But it's it's different. Like we were that's like such like a wartime spectacle, but like still, yeah. you're right. Um and I feel like I recall that they even had to well, things are different now than they were um when they were making the first Captain America movie. But that was like a fight to get that made as like a period piece. Really? They they wanted it to be like a modern day thing and they Kevin Feige had to be like, no, Boring. guys, like this needs to be like back here so we can yeah. have this whole plot device. Well, eventually we're going to watch Agent Carter, which is also like 60s, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Uh, also, really vibed with the why would they change math scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that's uh, real. That's going to be me whenever I have to teach my kid math. I don't I'm think it would so matter if it flaunt. changed or not. <laughs> nope, doesn't. It could be the same shit that I learned. I'd be like, sorry, I cannot help you. <laughs> have you ever heard of Cumon? <laughs> <laughs> because I have. <laughs> I'll take on math. <laughs> okay. Good, good. Um. Yeah, I was starting to talk about the bike chase. Yeah. What you got? I don't have any it's notes on the it. the train. The bike separates just like her. It's the, pretty cool. The elastic, the elastic bike is pretty sick. I also didn't have any specific notes on it. You know, love the creative uses of all of their powers. And Elastigirl is very, uh, I was going to say flexible. I mean, like literally like being like the parachute kind of, and like being able to, it's also fun. And that's also something that none of these, yes, very modular. None of these characters would, well, no, that's not true. She would not work live action. This would look absolutely well, that's like Mr. horrible. Fantastic. Yeah, and even that's that's gonna be a tough sell if you like really lean into it. But uh, well, yeah, he's not making a parachute. Yeah, it's, it's hard. This is some shit that they would have done like in a '90s movie, 
and you would have accepted it. It's like some spy kid shit, but it would not fly now. I was getting spy kids vibes at the end. I have a note about <laughs> Definitely. that. Oh, well, yeah, when they're like on the kids are on the boat, like doing their own thing. Yeah. Um, I love the Jack Jack secret powers so much. And I was like, oh, maybe not so secretive anymore because <laughs> no. they immediately find <laughs> out. But I was like, that was like both really fun in the first, but also like they don't know. Nobody <laughs> knows except for us, the audience. <laughs> Because that, that all happens when he's, like... In the air. In the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man. When he's fighting the raccoon, that was so funny. Yeah. I just greatly enjoyed that scene. That also reminded me of, like, an Ice Age bit with, like, the chipmunk oh, thing. Oh, Jesus the squirrel. Christ. Scrat. I scrat hate in scrat. the acorn. I've said that before in the podcast. <laughs> I can't go back to that. Anti-Ice Age. I don't have a, a podcast for that one. Ice Age idiots. The mammoths. <laughs> Holy shit. (laughs) The extinct. (laughs) Very serious. (laughs) Hi, this welcome to the extinct where we discuss the Ice Age uh, film cinematic universe. This week we are discussing Ice Age continental drift. Which animals are still extinct? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) The squirrels aren't. Those fuckers are still alive. Tree rats. Still around fucking up our roof. Also, like, so Violet's plot is so sad. I know, poor Tony. Really sad. Poor Tony, poor Violet. And I I was just happy that... She'll bounce back. You know, we just watched Disenchanted, which is a movie where, like, all of a sudden, the daughter of the family is just, like, an asshole. So in in this plot, I appreciate that it's like, oh, well, she's not just being, like... I mean, we get the great line where Dash is, like, is she having adolescence when she's like storming off? But it's like, no, we have a inciting incident here. Cause like, yeah. she deserves to be this upset. Right. And not that it's ever like, you know, invalid for it to be like, Oh yeah. Like this character is just a teenager because yes, <laughs> that is, that is true. But sometimes it's like, okay, well things seemed okay. So it, I mean, and obviously even as I say that, even in disenchanted, the character had a reason, but I was just mad about it. Not anyway. a very good one. No, it's a nice house. God damn it! What's the the what's the like magical place in Enchanted? I completely forgot the name. Well, then I can't come up with a name for the podcast. <laughs> Let me get back to you. Um, I think the screen slaver thing is very spooky. It is spooky, especially when she goes into the apartment. Yeah, it is like for especially like for this movie in its tone, like it's pretty, pretty dark. And like it, I feel like I've also interpreted other characters this way, probably like a lot of other Disney and Pixar movies. Like this is the kind of character that has potential to be like really, really dark. Like that's like a pretty, pretty powerful uh, that's like technique the n- there. Neighbor in Toy Story. One of the scariest yes. characters My ever God depicted damn. on TV. Um, and Elysia. My Andalasians out there. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> oh, I love this bit. Yeah, it's like we have this this character is already this powerful in a movie that's set in the 50s. We'd be fucked now. It would have been like it, it works better in this context because there's no uh, like kind of cringy like immediately aging the movie type deal because it's it's set in a different decade because if they were to have this villain set 
in a movie that's set in the 21st century, it'd be like, oh, it was like a commentary on how everyone's on their phones all the time, so everyone gets like... Yeah. And I'm like... We've had that. Stephen King did a shitty book about cell phones turning people into zombies, and that was like 20 years ago, so I wouldn't put it past them. But it worked really well here, and this was... Uh, it's unfortunate that when this was theatrically released, there was a... Uh, Shit, what's it called? Um, when you can get like seizures from watching epilepsy? something. Epilepsy? Yeah. There's an epilepsy trigger. Uh, all the screensaver, like flashing light stuff. Oh. They had to, they, they cut it differently. They edited that, the scene where um, Elastigirl is fighting the screenslaver in that apartment. It's pretty significantly for this. Uh, it was like, it's still like bright and stuff, but there's, you can see like a comparison where the theatrical version, it's like really rapidly like st- flashing strobe lights. Which looks cool, but also... That's tough. Epilepsy. Um, I really like the ragtag group of superheroes that we get. It's <laughs> very, like, X-Men first class. Yes, it is so X-Men first class. Uh, I, the, the owl guy, um, the guy that looks like uh, Mermaid Man from SpongeBob, you noted... Yeah, good to see. Good to see more supers. Cause yeah, that have like weird powers too. Because all of like the top superheroes have been murdered in the first one. Yeah, it's pretty easy to forget that. Like they all fucking died. Yeah, really dark. <laughs> uh, I just found myself getting very frustrated with Mister Incredible throughout this movie, just like in the first one. Uh, you know, he's, he's not so incredible, is he? Well, no, because he went through his midlife crisis. And I don't think the first... I do think he's being a good dad. He is. Well, that's that's not the problem, really, for me here. Is like, yes, he's he's been a good dad. I don't know if the first movie ever really reckoned with the fact that he was just, like, a dick to Syndrome. Like, did they? Did I they? Because, like, he just, like, wasn't nice. And, like, I'm not saying that what Syndrome was doing was uh, the proper response. But it was, like, he was just kind of, like, an asshole. No. Not at first. Like, he, like, signed his thing, and then, like, he kept, like, following him and almost got him, himself killed as a child, and he was like, go home, buddy. Oh, yeah. I'm prob- so I don't I'm think probably, he was being, like... Well... Like, to Syndrome, like, that was, like, the worst thing he could do, sure. obviously. I think I'm remembering it probably a bit wrong. But, I mean, anyway. You know. All that he was doing that was frustrating to me in this movie was just lying to the Luster Girl. I'm like, dude. It's just like Steve Martin. Like, you gotta stop. Like, this could have just been... It, it could have worked out fine. Just been like, just be upfront. Be like, hey, here's what's happening. And be like, you don't need to come home. I got this, but here's what's going on. But she also doesn't believe that he can do it. No, but like there's, there's, you can't do that. You can't do that. Just don't do it. He You're didn't just... really bother me that much in this movie. Well, I just. It... He found, he, he got E involved. She helped. It's true, but he was, he dug himself a pretty big hole and he's lucky that he got out of he it. He helped Dash with the homework. He helped. He tried to help Violet with the girl problem. Saying you know he could have he could have done all that without a you know yeah maybe there's some deep rooted problems with the relationship here where she doesn't trust him to do his. his I think she would have come home as soon as he admitted that like he was not handling it all. Yeah, you know it's just a shame. Communication skills could use work. Well, that's apparent. He should have been able to be like, yeah, I'm having a hard time, but you know, but. I'm working on the it. The biggest Don't mistake he made was not mentioning that Jack-Jack has powers. Yeah. 
That, that seems like a big oopsie. That, that was probably worth just mentioning in passing. That's an oopsie poopsie. <laughs> As we say on, on the pod. I'm really sad that Evelyn is evil because I like her. Yeah, Evelyn was like, Evelyn was cool. Um, definitely, uh, definitely a waste of a, of a chill person. She really reminded me of someone, like the look of the character. And I, I could not, while we were watching it, and cannot still like put my finger on who it is. She kind of has like the vibes of the um, stepmom in Tangled. Personally. I can, I can kind of see that. I'm just not like I'm not 100 sure on like just visually who she reminds me of. I don't think I'm gonna get it, but yeah, she was she was cool um, and definitely like a pretty good twist. I don't think I I don't think I saw it coming on the first watch. I mean, it's it's you know I think they seemed sus. Yeah, well, they just did a good job of like making both of the siblings seem. You know, he, Winston seems questionable first because he seems to be the one, like, running the show. And you're like, well, what's your, like, what's your game? And, like, money-centered. Yeah, but then, like, looking back on it, it's like, well, she's, like, uh, she's, like, late. And she's, like, you know, he's, like, mad at her. So she probably, like, is, like, feeling underappreciated and has to, like, work on all this stuff despite, like, hating superheroes. I also yeah. thought, like, the backstory with, like, the parents, that was pretty rough, too. Yeah. Because, like, they all... All the superheroes got well. We, they didn't die. They just all like recently been like taken out of commission. Yeah, and they're not allowed to answer their phones. Yeah, pretty rough. Pretty rough. But yeah, he had a panic room. That's on Daddy. <laughs> I'm just saying, call your guys, but then go to the panic room. Yeah. Or put the phones in the panic room. Yeah. Put the phones in the panic room. Like you have a panic room. Yeah. Okay. Tisk tisk. Never mind. I <laughs> I side with Evelyn. No. Well, I mean, I wouldn't blame the superheroes. No. But no. I I blame Dad. Yeah. Yeah. There there were mistakes made, that's for sure. Um, but you know, her her master plan is like pretty good. You know, pretty solid plan. Yeah. Probably could have worked if the if the fam hadn't come together. Also, I didn't notice this until I saw it pointed out on Reddit, but like her character's name is Evelyn Dever. Evil Endeavor. <laughs> like very sneaky. sneaky. Very sneaky. Um, do you want to know my favorite moment from the whole movie? I would love to know that. Do you have a guess? Uh when Edna is babysitting. <laughs> Edna mode. No. <laughs> it's um I love a spit take, even in cartoon form. And uh, Violet does a great spit take at the restaurant when she sees Tony. It is really good. That it's is great, really, really good. Great stuff. Uh, that I really do love all the babysitting stuff, obviously. <laughs> it reminded me, there's like this TikTok that I saw of like, which is it was a very Mr. Incredible moment. It's like this family. It's like the mom, dad, like this like teenage daughter like at this restaurant. And the dad like turns to the waiter like, Hey, like, I just want to say my daughter thinks you are so cute. And she's like, <laughs> and like slides under the table. And like the mom and the dad are just like cracking up. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this is exactly what's going on. It's great. 
It's a great dad moment. Also, like... Like, it's not helpful to her, but it's a great dad moment. Yeah. This is also, like, a total uh, sky-high thing, isn't it? What is? That guy, he, like, worked in the restaurant, right? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, for some reason that just made me think of that. What was his character's name? He had a stupid... I mean, they all have the stupid names in the sky. Um, Shit, what is War it? and Peace. War and Peace. Oh, my God. Obviously, it's War and Peace. <laughs> Um, that you know what screens the screens of everything reminds me of the Iron Man three version of the Mandarin mm, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of like monologuing, yeah, <laughs> and like breaking and- into your television. Um, but also the part where they find the apartment feels like the Riddler in the Batman, which was way scarier. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my God, what are we getting ourselves into here? I was like, oh my God, he's going to be there or he's going to blow up the apartment, which they do. Yes. Classic. He's That's so a- scary. He is. He's really spooky. <laughs> <laughs> We're all scared. Paul. <laughs> um, shit. What was I just about to say? Oh yeah. I, I do like, uh, I think like signal hijackings are like very inherently like spooky. Like if anyone is familiar with the max headroom incident back in the eighties or nineties, that shit is scary. And they never like found the person that did it, which makes it even scarier. Have you heard about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Do you want to say a little bit? More? Well, that was like, um, a real thing that I can't remember what year it was, but there was, like, a bunch of broadcast signals, like, in, like, is it like the evening news or something, or yeah. like a sports game, that was, like, taken over by some was, dude like, who was, I think it was, yeah, it was, like, the signal got hijacked by some dude wearing a uh, Max Headroom mask, which was, like, a show from the 80s, and I think just, like, specifically in Chicago, I want to say. I think you're right, and, yeah, it's, it's just, like, this dude, like, rambling, it's really hard to understand anything he's saying, just, like, doing all this weird shit, and there's, like, a swinging wall behind him, and it's like I remember like watching that like you know I was, oh, probably, like, never a, seen that. I was probably like in high school being like so like looking at like creepy pasta stuff probably like two in the morning I was like damn that shit is like creepy pasta you ever heard of a creepy pasta nope. you ever heard of a copy pasta that's a whole other podcast no I have not it's literally just like uh, was that like copy and paste yes it is well co- <laughs> copy pastas were like memes like like text things that you would just copy and paste oh. creepy pastas they're basically like internet like just like urban legend, scary story type things. Um, and like, you know, like the, the gist of that is, is it's just some guy who was like, Hey, I bet I can like do this and fuck with a bunch of people, but it's like really yeah, but weird. He was like unstable. Oh, well, <laughs> or it seemed like it. I think it, it takes a certain kind of person to, to actually do it. <laughs> um, so it makes me think of that. Yeah. I don't, I literally things? have no more notes. Oh, okay. Um, because I mean, I a lot a of couple. it, I was really just like, Zero I was enjoying the movie. Yeah. yeah, me too. Um, I like Mr. Incredible's little monologue of like rolling with the punches. Like we are rolling with the punches. <laughs> I just thought that was fun. Um, yay e. Yay e. She she's really funny with the baby, um, and how well they get along, and then her like figuring out like his powers and stuff. Um, I do feel like the way of controlling it is like not the best. I feel like she could have done better. I agree. It's not, that's not a long-term thing. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, where are you going to get all that blackberry moose <laughs> to put out the fire? Like, it's we like don't lavender, lavender, blackberry or something. Lavender, like blackberry, excuse me. You don't have an infinite supply of that. 
but that was all still very funny. I mean, this kid is like dangerous. You better hope he stays on the straight and narrow or like the world is fucked. He has every superpower. <laughs> I've seen how this goes before. Yeah, him grown up, it will be interesting. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> Teenager, uh, Jack Jack. Um, I think going back to like what we were talking about before about like the whole libertarian of it all, um, Evelyn is like very interesting in like her motivation. Like, I think this one line she says is like really valid point. She's like, why should you trust me? You just met me. You have no reason to trust me. And I was like, damn, that's real. She's like, you well, shouldn't have trusted me. She's a very, like, very cynical. Yeah. Like, she doesn't trust anybody that she meets. Right. So why, in, that's her worldview, like, is why would anybody trust someone trusting you just, me. But it, that's also, like, this, the message of so many movies. Whether it's, you know, I don't think, there's a fine line that like you have to IRL strive between like not ever trusting anybody that you meet unless you're like, you've known them for years or like instantly putting a ton of blind faith in someone that you met five minutes ago. I think Evelyn turns into Batman. <laughs> She's like, don't trust anybody. <laughs> Probably. Take care of yourself. Keep your butler close. Keep your enemies close. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would take an Evelyn spinoff. Uh, Although, you know. Oh, wait, no, she, she doesn't die. She just gets arrested. I yeah, can't believe gets Syndrome saved. gets pulled into a plane engine and Evelyn walks away. We're getting... It's two very Honestly, different forms of justice I'm very here. happy that Evelyn lived because I liked her. Syndrome well, murdered so many people. Killed a lot of people. I don't think Evelyn killed anybody. No, I guess not. She Did she try? I guess not really. Like, she was gonna, theoretically, the train could have crashed and killed people, but she knew that that wasn't going to happen. They, it was supposed to be safe. I mean, like, the boat running into the city, I guess, was going to do some damage. Yeah. Yeah. At least to the people that were on the boat. Um, speaking of the people on the boat, they're, like, under this trance, including... Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, yeah. which is very Spy Kids. Ding, ding, ding. We're coming back very, to that. Very Spy Kids. Um, the goggles themselves are very Spy Kids as well. Like, I could see that being, like, a plot device. Where are my Junies out there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, where are my Butterfingers? <laughs> um, if you know, you know. Um, yeah, it's both X-Men <laughs> and Spy Kids because of, like, all of the the people, um, the ragtag team again. But then, yeah, the Spy Kids, it was, like, the kids having to save the parents. And then they're like, we have a plan. We have to get out of here. we got to do it together. It's also so... Yeah, it X- makes me want to watch Spy Kids. <laughs> classic. It's classic. It's also very X-Men that it's, like, these... That it's... The, the politicians are involved. I feel like that's extremely X-Men, like maybe even in days of future past, like a plot to like defame superheroes by like framing them for like publicly framing them for something like this is like, of course we're getting into like the nitty gritty of like, Oh, like are they going to change their stances on superheroes after this? So on and so forth, which of course is the goal. Also the car is very spy kids and like frozen being like, Take the car. It'll tell you what to do. Yeah. And then they have to figure it out. And it turns into a boat, which is what their little thing does, too. It Love it. It becomes a boat. I also... Um, or a submarine. I, I, is Frozone's, 
wife doesn't even make a voice cameo in this, does she? She does. She does? Uh, Very briefly. Okay. I when remember. he's putting on his suit. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's like, are you getting on suit? <laughs> Honey. That's her name. He's, um, like, not in it enough for my liking. No. I'm he like, does, he does come back, I guess. Yeah, but I, I could have used more of him. I did like the scene where he's with Mr. Incredible, and he's like, I just need, like, to get some sleep. And he's like, you need more <laughs> than sleep. Like, you are unwell. He's a good friend. Yeah. He's a good bro. Yeah, I, I greatly enjoyed the uh, the final climactic action sequence. It was very good. Just, you know, the second best thing to a train scene is a boat scene. That's what I've always said. So this was <laughs> a great way to... a moving set piece. It's, I mean, yeah, genuinely, they're great. Uh, in any form of media. You ever played a video game where there's an action set piece on a moving vehicle? It's great. Highly recommend. <laughs> My uncharted. my uncharted heads out there. <laughs> I don't have a good one for that. Um, my Nate mates, Nathan Drake. No, no. <laughs> Cut that one. Nate, Nate mates is, uh, well, they're on a boat sometimes <laughs> once, maybe. Oh, they're on a couple boats. It never goes well. Uh, yeah, you know, everything, everything goes well. That boat probably still killed a couple people, but it's okay. I don't think so. No, I you know I know it didn't, but it was like there's a lot of ice <laughs> that was Drake. protruding into the Drake dudes. Sure, Sorry, I was yeah, com- trying to think of something with the D. Yeah, Drake dudes could be good. I like Drake dudes. And your what were the babes? Bioshock babes and Drake dudes. <laughs> the the the, <laughs> the two genders. <laughs> Bioshock babes and Drake dudes. You gotta pick one. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, this was... <laughs> what else is there to say, y'all? <laughs> I mean, this was definitely, like, we both went into this movie, I think, kind of not really remembering a lot about our first viewing. I think maybe I even felt underwhelmed the first time we watched it. I think so, So too. my expectations were fairly low, but I, I enjoyed this I one really a lot. I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, I think, you know, it's one of those things where it, it the first movie just, like, did something special. Um and I think there's probably continued debate on whether this one was, like, you know, worth existing. It's like, oh, well, like, was this, like, the... Was this the story that he was waiting 14 years to tell? Right, like, it would have been way better if it was closer to, like, the amount of time it's, like... It's not groundbreaking because he already broke the ground, but it was, like, a very solid sequel. Yeah, yeah. And, like, all that I was talking about earlier, like, like you said, it didn't... Yeah, this one didn't need to be breaking new mold. It just needed to be, like, a good sequel, which it was. And there's plenty of animated movies that got shitty sequels. So, like, I'll I'll take this. It's a good time. Yeah, we all remember Little Mermaid 2 and Pocahontas 2. Not our faves. It, like, shattered my mind when I realized that there were, like, three Aladdin sequels. I like, kind of liked the second Aladdin. The Thieves one. Uh, yeah, what's... There's, like, one, I feel like there's, like, a really shitty one. It's, like, The Return of Jafar or something. Yeah. You know, we don't do straight-to-DVD sequels anymore. Straight-to-VHS, rather, sequels anymore. So I could do with a couple, though. <laughs> Here and there? Yeah. Best animated sequel of all time. Go. <sighs> Shit, I don't know. I have two. Toy Story 2. I, that one's one of them, but my other one's Shrek 2. Oh, yeah. I did see someone on Reddit claiming that Shrek 2 is superior. 
they're like everyone has nostalgia for the first track, but the second track's the better. I movie. do really like the second track, and we watched that one more, and we had the soundtrack to it. Classic. Actually, no, I think we had the soundtrack to the first one, but we owned the DVD of the second <laughs> one or something like that. We had it like backwards, <laughs> but it was great. Couldn't get enough. For, for all you Shrek, you got something for Shrek? Shrek shorties. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is out of podcast uh, <laughs> names. We're all tapped out for today. How Second many next episode for references Wars. to other media. Can we make so, in an episode? So many. So we're not even. We haven't even scraped the surface. But this, you know, we're also left open ended. I doubt we're going to get another Incredibles movie. It's not necessary. Oh, I think we might. No, no. I think the door is always open for it. Well. Okay. Never. Never. I'm say not never. like expecting it, but I do think I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to make another one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Brad Bird's up to right now. This came out. Twenty eighteen. After. Yeah, he did that. He did Tomorrowland, which you know that didn't go anywhere. I think that's part of the reason why he did Incredibles too. He was like, well, gotta go back to my roots. <laughs> yeah. Are they making another Ratatouille? I don't think so, Rakakuni. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, take that one back. What's wrong with Rakakuni? I don't like raccoons. <laughs> it's from everything, everywhere, all at once. Remember? Oh no, I didn't realize you're <laughs> for all my everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, damn. Evelyn's isn't her name Evelyn? Yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. Fuck it. Scratch it. <laughs> what have we done? This bit is toast. Uh, yeah, we get a good ending. One, two, three, two. Violet and here. They're back together. Things are good. They're uh, all going to a family chaperoned movie night date. Well, I think it was wild that she got back in the car for that. Like, she's like, I'll, I'll meet you before the previous one. Like, you go on your date. Let them, that, that keeps them away from you on your date. Right? Like, perfect. No. She's never going on a date again. Ay, ay, ay. Poor Tony. <laughs> He's he like, just got his memory back. Yeah, he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> All right. Well, I think we got to stop. This where? is also, we're recording this in the middle of the day on a Sunday. We're like lo- losing our ever-loving mind. That's when I come up with my best bits. <laughs> well, this is, a, this is a fun episode, and we'll be covering, uh, we got Captain Marvel coming up next week, and in the animated world, in two weeks, we will be covering season one of Harley Quinn. Yeah, start watching that. Yeah, which I'm pretty excited about. So stay tuned for those. And until next time, we, we are, are out, out of the, the Superverse. superverse.